Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You are with Lyle and Minnie. Minnie, how are you this morning? Yeah, look, I'm doing pretty well. I was saying, so we had um, our small group. We did Thanksgiving last night together. It was lots yes. of fun, lots of food. Um, I Every definitely... Australian should do this. is a great festival. Yes, and we're just talking about making it Australian, though. If we're yes. in Australia, let's do it Australian. Although the Americans all may be like, no, you're ruining it. But it was awesome. As this picks up and as this takes off in Australia, and my prediction is that, you know, this is just such a fantastic festival Mm. that, you know, why would you not want to have Thanksgiving? No, it's awesome. My prediction is that it's going to evolve and become a little bit of a mix of Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, like our Christmas is. Uh-huh, yeah, because uh-huh. our Christmas, you know, you, you put up your snowmen and you put up your Christmas lights and you have your lights that look like uh, icicles hanging around the outside I of the don't house. don't get it. <laughs> and it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But that's part of the fun of having an Australian Christmas is just making it ridiculous. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's a very Australian way of doing things. Do you do decorate? Like, not your wife, do you do decorate? I know Shell will go hard out. Like, <laughs> how do you? Like, do you get amongst the... Spirit well, she'll ask me to put up the lights on the outside of the house. Okay, but if you weren't asked, would you do it? Is it something you're like, yes, I want to decorate things? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Choose your words. <laughs> um, yeah, I might uh, I might do a Amer- very American thing here and plead the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> How are you feeling this morning, Lyle? Yeah, I'm here. Praise God. Yeah. That is good. For and, sure. Uh, and, and so are you, Minnie. So you had a bit of a late night last night so at I Thanksgiving? I did. I did. Did you eat too much? I actually did. I didn't even get dessert. I had to help our brother Liam, our producer over here. You had Thanksgiving. Here. Okay, you had Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know dessert. Thanksgiving is all about dessert, right? Hey, it's about Thanksgiving. Yeah. I reject that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, un- what un-American things did you do at Thanksgiving? You have watermelon? Nah, we didn't do much, actually. Okay, it was very American. Yeah, it was very American. Yeah. Good, good. good. Maybe next time. All the Americans will be very proud of you. Uh (laughs) You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let's have some positively different news this morning. Look, let's do that. So, up in Cairns. (laughs) Language for Cairns, eh? You got excited about this. So, two strangers stayed up through what I thought was stupid hours of the night. Also, stay up to your stupid hours and like Thanksgiving. Yes, there is, there is, uh, <laughs> there is called a thing called the rules of stupid. You know the rules of stupid, right? No. You don't ever break the rule. You can't get away with breaking. All, you can get away with breaking one or two of the rules of stupid, but you don't go to stupid places with stupid people at stupid times and do stupid things. Oh, that's it, a good Those rule. are the rules of stupid. Yeah, if yeah. you do that, if you break all of those, oh, you're in trouble. You're, you're in deep trouble. You can get away with breaking maybe one or two. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. stupid times, but not stupid people. Yeah. You know, you might be able to get away with that, but yeah. you, you you line all of those up together, you're in deep trouble. That's some, yeah. Look, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I can see why that'd be not too fun or, or very fun until it wasn't. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so, so two strangers stayed up through, yeah, what I thought was stupid hours of the morning, but to help a woman locate her engagement ring. So she lost it in the surf at Cairns Beach and um, they got out and used their metal detectors from about 11 p.m. at night till 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, so Kimberly Kennedy, she'd been swimming in the Stingernets at Trinity Beach. I don't know where that is, but it's, yeah, I just know it's... I've swum in those Stingernets. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Um, anyway, she was talking to her friend. She's moving her hands, as some people do when they talk. Her ring, she sees it fly off her finger and is like, ah, no, try to grab it. Doesn't get it. Um, and they were out, like, in the back part. Like, I don't know, I guess the water was deep there. They can't reach the bottom. They can't find it. She's in tears. She's like, oh, 
Okay, that's my ring. It was nice, didn't want to lose it, but you know, what are you going to do? Yes. Um, so she has a cry, it's all good, talks to the friend. Anyway, so get back and she talks to some other friend who's up there and they're like, wait, I saw someone make a post on social media about, you know, like going metal detecting somewhere. Let's just, just what are the chances there's going to be a metal detecting group on Facebook? There's a group for everything, somewhere. Pretty much, that's and right. The, Facebook is your answer for most uh, most of these kind of problems yeah, in our yeah. world today. I you don't have Facebook though, so every now and then I'm like, oh, it's handy. Don't care, don't have. But, <laughs> <laughs> but on occasion, I'm like, it would be nice to have. Um, anyway, so they just, I think they just typed in something like um, metal detecting or something, and you know, you can kind of see nearby stuff. And yep, sure enough, this group comes up, and so um, Kimberly puts up this thing, which is like, oh, you know, there's a situation, lost my ring, sad times, and these two guys were like. Yeah, we'll come help you for sure. Like, of course, we'll that's what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at so, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> they went out. Sorry, at eleven p.m. I think because low, t- like the lowest low tide was going to be around. Right. Yeah. So there's been a few hours before then, and because a bunch of them have been doing it for ages, they're like, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's totally reasonable. We can't guarantee we'll find it, but it's not absurd to think we could. And so she was, of course, like, oh my, like. You're strangers and you're really willing? Really? Like, anyway, so like, yes, we are. Well, let's go out. And um, one of the men, uh, Mr. Bowen, Bowen, I don't know how to pronounce that. But anyway, so he goes out and he's aware. He's like, we're in North Queensland. Like, there could be crocs. I don't know. Um, but he's like, no, 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 she'll be right. She'll be right. <laughs> he's a North Queenslander. Yeah, right exactly. There. <laughs> <laughs> There's no crocs. But he was saying at one point the water was up to his armpits. And he's like, I was getting slightly nervous. I was like, yes, I would also. I'm all about night swimming, not where there are things in the water. Like, Well, you know, some things, but not crocodiles. Well, no, no, no. Um, and he's like, yeah, I got a bit nervous, but I figured it would be all right. Um, anyway, so at 2 a.m., he hears the metal detector beep off or whatever. Um, it's three hours later. Yes. Yeah, so he's been out doing a solid effort. Um, he gets on the second attempt, so he comes in, and so at like two o'clock in the morning, he because she was there for a while, and then you know she waits for a couple of hours and she just goes home, and he calls her. He's like, "You'll never guess what I found," <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, "Well, if you're getting a call like that, I'm going to say it's the thing that you're looking for." <laughs> um, but yeah, and so she just said she was so happy, of course, to get the ring back. But she's like, "It's also just really restored my faith in." In the community of Cairns and just being like, wow, you like you and really human beings that. in general, exactly. Yes, and um, and then he said like it's become an addictive hobby for him. He loves it, so he he kind of enjoyed just going out. I was like, yeah, it was late, but you know, um, something you can do. And he said he just found like the signal notes were just rich with lost property, and so he just found a bunch of other stuff, and so he took it into the police the next day as well. And he's just like, I find it really satisfying because it's not the first time he's returned lost jewelry, um. And there is something I can see that that's nice about you can help someone out who just can't do it themselves, like they just don't have the equipment. See, that's an interesting thing. You've got stinger nets up there, so it would be the place to go with a metal detector, wouldn't it? Yep. You know, that's that that would be where you would you know you wouldn't have to do the whole beach. It's just like we'll just yeah, do the stinger nets because that's where the people are. Uh huh. Exactly. I wonder what else he found that he took into uh, he took into the police. But I guess there would say other rings, watches. Yeah, yeah. All that good stuff. Bones. I remember I was at a summer camp a couple of years ago and we were all just, you know, chilling on the beach, like doing the activities. And it was right at the end of an activity. And one of the boys, well, it was a bit of a situation. Someone had been like, hey, can you hold this ring for me? It's like, it would be, I think his grandfather's or something. So it was like old. It was like, anyway. And then he, the guy who he gave it to kind of forgot that he had it on his finger. And so then he went in and then it came off. Oh, and no. it was, so, and I don't think they ever found it. Yeah. And it was just, it was hard because the guy was saying it's not even so much about the monetary value or whatever. 
it's like it was my grandfather's. It's an heirloom. Da, da, da. That's right. But we just we just couldn't find. It. And it was in the shallow. But you know, even just that They're subtle tiny. move yeah. of things and you know, few rocks, bit of sand, and yeah, it's gone. Yeah, it's underwater. It's you know, even in even in thick grass, you can lose something like that, and just it just vanishes. Yeah, I know, it just disappears. You're like, oh well, it's the ground has eaten it. It's not getting that back. <laughs> it happens. Um, it happens. Yeah, you know what? Metal detecting and magnet fishing. Are two things that absolutely fascinate me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I could. I think I could get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I could find that addictive. I don't think I've done. I haven't done it before, but I've had a couple of friends who have, and I was like, mm, I get the appeal actually. Yeah, yeah. And I think particularly once you started finding things, you're like, oh, well, let's see what else we can find then. Absolutely. <clears throat> like it's just one of those things. It just it's like an adventure the whole time. We used to have this guy at church when I was a kid. I remember he used to go, yeah, gold medal detecting. And I was, I don't know, probably six or seven. And he comes and used to bring in, you know, these little gold nuggets he'd find. I was in awe. I was like, yes, this makes sense why you do this job. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, particularly when you're finding gold. Gold is uh, one of those valuable things. You see some of these uh, YouTube videos of these guys in uh, Russia, you know, where the the west of Russia is just Mm -hmm. like one vast battlefield. And they find some fascinating stuff and... They find, you know, deceased bodies and all kinds of things that are able to uh, be put to rest in a, wow. in a dignified way. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right, so we do need to uh, mention the war crimes of Australian soldiers. It's a bit of a dark um, a dark blot on our character, I think, as a, as a nation, and it's something that's very tragic. I feel awful about it myself. You know, we like to think of our... Um, to have a sense of pride for our our servicemen and women, uh, particularly those who are overseas, and yeah, this one's a bit of a uh, yeah. It's it's just it's just sad to see a report come out like this. It will be interesting to see where it goes, but it kind of you know it makes me wonder. All right, what what is it that causes a person to go down that path? Mm-hmm. What you know, every human being has the capability within them to commit war crimes. There's no question about that. Um, that's human nature, and any human being placed in the right environment can easily slip into, you know, doing just really horrific things. We don't often recognise that. We look at ourselves and like, yeah, I'd never do that. But the reality is that we all have that capability. Yeah. You know, if you go back, um, you know. 2,000 years or even just 1,500 years, what took place in Afghanistan, you know, including, you know, the, 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 the uh, taking the lives of uh, um, unarmed civilians or um, captured prisoners or even the rape of women and children would be something that was actually celebrated. Right. That was the ancient world. That was how the ancient world, you know, you would celebrate it and you would make large carvings and publicly proclaim it, um, you know, for eternity, just, you know, what you are able to accomplish in how you are able to humble that particular nation. It's interesting to see how the world has changed since then and to look at the reasons that have changed the world mm-hmm. because it's not really that long ago that war crimes were actually celebrated and published, you know, loud and long and proudly and were part of the military pride of the nations that committed those uh, particular atrocities. There was no such thing as atrocities and war crimes back then. Um, and this was amongst the most civilization, civilized nations that, you know, some of the most civilized nations that our world has ever seen. That still had that celebrated? Oh, it? absolutely. Yeah. You look at the Roman Empire or right. the Egyptian Empire. You know, these were incredibly civilized mm. people, but it was just taken for granted that this is how a human being operated. That's, yeah. That was just, that's what you do. 
Now, I'm ever so glad that the world has changed. I would like to see the world change to the point that there is no such thing as war. Mm -hmm. But where does this change come from? Why do we have compassion uh, these days? Why do we have such things as war crimes or uh, war atrocities? Um, You know, what what about even simple things like anti-racism movements or anti-sexism or anti-homophobia or a society that you know creates a safety net for the poor or the disabled or the elderly. None of this existed in the ancient world. The ancient world was an incredibly cruel place. Mm. And the answer is very simple. The reason, and there is only one reason that this exists, because evolution has no explanation for it. In fact, evolution favours war crimes. Uh, there's only one reason, and it is the influence of Christianity, and in particular Protestant Christianity, on our world. Yeah, because this is a religion that did not exist back then and it exists now and that's where all of this has come from. Mm-hmm. And our whole world is now affected, deeply affected by Christianity and the effect that it has had on our world. And I think that is something that, you know, if we can, if we can in a dark time like this, look for a silver lining, that's where we can find it. Yeah, for sure. You look at the, uh, you know, you, you compare the ancient world. Another way of comparing the ancient world with the modern world, of course, also, is to look at PTSD in the ancient world and the modern world. And, and those are two very, very vastly different uh, scenarios that, you know, bend people's brains. So in, an, in the modern world, when a soldier goes to war, they are under the tension of losing their life, you know, pretty much every day of their deployment. Mm-hmm. Whereas an ancient warrior would be in the army for you know some years, sometimes decades, and they would be under uh, the tension of losing their life during their entire employ- deployment, which might be day, which might be years or decades, for one or two days, because battles were fought in one day, and they were decided in one day. Oh, okay. I was like, what do you mean? Yes. Oh, oh, okay. Was they were fought and decided in one day. Whereas here, you're under tension of losing your life every single day for months on end, and it yeah. messes with people's heads in a different way than what it did back in the world, back in the that day. That makes sense, yeah. Of course, back in the day, what would mess with your head was that to go to war was, was close combat. Yeah. You, would, you would commit crimes that would be seen as, well, acts that would be seen as the worst, as only the worst psychopath would actually do these days, mm. you know, in, in hacking an opponent to, to pieces in front of you, you know, that yeah. he didn't even know. Um, so, yeah, very different to different, different world today. Um, all right, so I do need to cover this story, um, this church plant in Chicago. This one is about as bizarre as they come. Uh, church plant got together and um, decided, you know, how we're going to promote our new church plant, what are we going to do? And so they are the beer brewing church plant. So now it's Christmas time and they're handing out Christmas wreaths, uh, which amount to drink holders with Advent-themed beers, um, green ribbons and candles. Now, these are home-brewed beers. The way this came about was that one of the founding members was a keen home brewer. Okay. And so the very, very high alcohol content beers. And they're like, yeah, you know what? We need to publish our new church plant. We need to get to known, get known in the community. So let's make beers and hand out beers. And so they had a beer party and did it on St. Patrick's Day, which is a day that is legendary for people uh, yeah, getting for completely people drunk. Yeah. And it's been going ever since then. So now they're doing it for Christmas and they're handing out beers in front of their church. So I want you to try and wrap your head around this for a moment, okay? So 
This is one of the worst. This is actually the single most destructive drug that we have in our world. We talked about this the other day, right? We did. It destroys more families. It destroys more lives. It creates more domestic violence. It creates abuse of children on an epic level. One in seven people in Australia who take their first drink of alcohol become an addicted alcoholic. The World Health Organization says that there is no safe level of drinking, that it is a class one carcinogen that's up there with asbestos you know and, and and we're going to use this as a way of leading people to Christ what would Jesus do would can you imagine Jesus out there like yes we have the most destructive drug in the world that is destroying people that you know the Bible says no drunkard is going into heaven the, the Bible is clear on that one in seven people who who try this are going to lose their salvation. You know, I died for it, but, you know, whatever. Let's just hand them out anyway and Mm. see what happens. Mm. Would Jesus really do that? I mean, pardon my sarcasm this morning, but this is just... The Bible speaks uh, in Isaiah. Where did it go? I had it here a minute ago. Where did my verse go? (laughs) It says in Isaiah about a time coming when people will call good evil and Mm. evil good. Um, and that's exactly what we've got here. We've got some people saying, you know, this is something here, it's absolutely evil. Well, we're going to call it good and we're going to use it to promote our church. And I think that's a problem we can have, like any church can have, not necessarily with beer, right, but go, ooh, we've got to meet the people, we've got to be relevant, we've got to be the things. Yeah, yeah, but but at what cost? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, this is absolutely. There are many ways to meet people where they're at. And I get it, I get it that we want to have ideas and stuff, but I think as you were saying, what are we using? You know, like those tools are look gonna at what, affect. Look everything. at what happened in South Africa during COVID. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, they closed their they closed you know they closed their pubs and they also closed their bottle shops and domestic violence went down. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. And as soon as they came out of COVID lockdown and opened those two, it went through the roof. Mm. Everywhere else in the world, pubs have been closed but bottle shops haven't. Yes. And domestic violence has gone through the roof. It's been the biggest problem with COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is the this, this has been a problem that has been bigger yeah. than the number of deaths that we've had here in Australia. Yes, by far. Yes. And you're going to use you're going to use that substance to try and promote your church. This is evil. This is absolutely wicked. It needs to be called out in the loudest possible terms. And this is you know, it's the kind of world in which we live today. I mean, when churches start acting like this, really, seriously. Where are we headed? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Joining us right here in the studio this morning, we're always super excited to have people who come into the studio, is Jasmine Bell. Jasmine, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you've been, you're have been you no stranger to Faith FM. You've been here before. You've done interviews. You've done hosting. You've been a, uh, a bit of a general help from time to time. But today, we have something very exciting that we want to talk to you about because today is a very special day. It is an anniversary. It sure is. Whose anniversary? Is this your anniversary? It's the very first (laughs) birthday of New Start Juice and the RTM Op Shop. Okay, New Start Juice and the RTM Op Shop. And some of you are thinking, what's that all about? So uh, what is that all about? So New Start Juice, we'll start with um, New Start, is a healthy um, smoothie and juice bar up in Raymond Terrace. Um, it's run out of the Raymond Terrace Mission Church up there, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And then um, also the RTM Op Shop is 
as the name suggests, it's the Raymond op shop Terrace next Mission door. Op shop. Yep, also run out of the church. So they're both amazing centers of influence um, are run out of the church of Raymond Terrace. And you've been going for 12 months now. Yeah, we sure have. It's very exciting. Congratulations. Any uh, extra specials today on your 12-month birthday? Uh, absolutely. We have our very new uh, juice, the Water of Life, which is our first um, juice, including watermelon. So that's very okay. exciting. When you said the Water of Life, I'm like thinking, okay, what is this? Is this water that has been boiled really hard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, all of our juices and smoothies, they have cool names to incorporate, you know, Bible stories and things and stuff like that so the water of life was a fun one to dream up that's fantastic okay so where are we we're in uh we're in november we're just about into december Mm -hmm. which means that you are just about to have a whole horde of people who are going to be driving up from victoria provided the borders stay open and down from queensland uh moving between Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, and all of those people are going to go through Raymond Terrace, aren't they? Yeah, well, we, we sure hope so. <laughs> that okay, be amazing. so, so here's, the, here's the thing. If you are going through Raymond Terrace, even if you are not living you know, within an hour's drive of Raymond Terrace, if you are going through Raymond Terrace in the next couple of weeks, put it on your map, put it on your plan, stop in, have a visit with the uh, Raymond Terrace mission and stop in and see the juice bar right there. Now, you were saying you've, you, your new one that you're bringing out today that you're launching for your birthday celebrations is called The Water of Life. Mm-hmm. has watermelon in it. And you were saying that all of your juices kind of have a biblical theme. What kind of other... Names and themes do you have? Yeah, we have the um, the three angels juice. That's a classic um, apple, carrot, and celery drink with a couple of other things in there. There's the strawberry salvation. That's uh, one of our best sellers. That's a smoothie. Definitely one of my favorites. Yep. And we also have the pineapple promise, blueberry blessings, and more just like that. That's amazing. Yeah. So the three angels. What are the three angels again? Celery. Carrot. Carrot. And apple. Which one's the mark of the beast? Uh, look, that one's yet to come. <laughs> maybe that could be your special on on your anniversary. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, I think I think if you do the mark of the beast one, it's got to be pretty, you know, full of like spices or ginger or something, or other, <laughs> yeah. a bit of a bite to it. But. Well, we do have the uh, redemption, which is um, also one of our best sellers. It's got beetroot, ginger, lemon. It's like the real kick if you've got a cold and you want. We're really Ooh. pushing that in um, in COVID. In the COVID times, and it really sold very well. So, so um, yeah. it's the packs of punch, the immune juice. redemption. Yeah, packs of punch sounds good. Hey, uh, with all of these uh, biblical kind of names, do people ever ask about them, or do they always just look? Oh, like this is uh, a church so that makes sense, or do they go? What's with the names? Yeah, no, absolutely. Everyone's everyone's like has the opinion, oh, what's with the name? Because actually the church is not super visible. When you're walking past it on the street. It doesn't look like a church. Yeah, not at all. When you walk past it on the street, all you see is the juice bar and the op shop. So we often have to tell people, oh, look, out the back we have a church here. And oh, wow, look so at that. So basically it's a shop front. Yep. And you've used the back of the shop front which is a very large area, mm-hmm. as a church. Yeah. it's and, and made it into a church. Yeah, it's an incredible blessing just to be on that main street. So we have contact with people. We're a church that's open essentially six days a week. It's amazing. So really cool. Wow. There's not many churches that are open six days a week. Yeah, no, not at all. So we're very, very blessed to be right there on the main street. So on a, on a general day, how often do you have people actually ask about it? Oh, yeah. Fairly often. I mean, 
when we're in the juice bar, you know, we're, we want to make connections like that yes. and to tell people about the gospel and how much God loves them. So um, if you're actively thinking about that, you get plenty of opportunities to tell people. And of course, we have um, material out the front. You know, we were um, really promoting America in the end with posters and yes. stuff like that. Praise <laughs> God. Thank you. Yeah. And um, telling people all about that. And, you know, I'm still giving out flyers for that because... Um, it's still relevant. Yeah, it's still relevant. So really cool. Also, like um, more book material and a, and a lot of stuff through the op shop as well. So, um, no, but we get opportunities every day to talk to people about God, 100%. And it's um, it's hard, like in a short window, to open up a spiritual conversation, especially when people, you know, aren't expecting it at a juice bar or in an op shop. But um, it's so worthwhile. Even We're just making so many connections that people, like, even if – it's just like a friendly face. We're seeing people really come back and then they, they ask questions like that. Okay, so the, my, my next question is why have a juice bar? Why have a healthy juice bar? What's the connection between that and Christianity? A lot of people are a little bit teased off with Christianity because they're like, oh, it's just become big business and they own this business, that business, the other business, mm. just a money-making organization. Is, there, is this just a way of making money for your church or is, this, or is there more to it than that? No, oh, absolutely there's more to it. I mean, we... Um we looked at our um, setting very closely and we're like, what are the needs of our community in Raymond Terrace? How can we actually serve the community of which we find ourselves in? And Raymond Terrace is um, not a particularly healthy community. I mean, people do say that they're like, wow, it's so good to see somewhere offering a healthy option um, for food in the terrace. Um, so Raymond Terrace also has one of the highest obesity rates, um, I believe, in New South Wales. And smoking. Yeah, and smoking. So we really, really wanted to do something that was going to um, benefit not only people's spiritual health, but their physical health as well. And of course, the two go hand in hand. So um, that was a really cool thing. Also, it's a very low socioeconomic area. So the op shop really caters to that as well. So we can really serve and give um, people and cater to their physical needs as well. Okay, so let's talk about the op shop. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a whole range of stuff. In- what kind of things are you selling in the op shop? Is it just, you know, the usual... Uh- uh, clothes or is there more to it than that? There is more to it than that, but we kind of, we sell all kinds. So we've got bits of bric-a-brac. Um, upstairs, you know, we sort of are in two locations with the op shop and we're still trying to make that work um, as best we can. Upstairs, we have a lot more clothes and um, like little knickknacks, things like that. But downstairs, we actually have a warehouse out the back where we can sell furniture from. So people are able to drive around the back and we open the garage door and they can pick up, you know, lounges, tables, bookshelves, all kinds of things like that. Now, those sales from downstairs in the workshop, do you actually have people who are up the front and you say, hey, we've got more stuff downstairs or is that happening through Facebook or how do you um, how do you do those downstairs sales? Yeah, kind of both. So we have an online presence with things like Facebook, um, but also upstairs. So when you walk straight into the op shop, there's also a big TV there where we have a rolling presentation of all of the furniture that is sold um, downstairs and those same images that we have them online. So when people come in, they can see that and they may go, oh, I, I love the look of that. Can I check it out? Sure thing. So you take them downstairs and they can take a look. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a really it's really been fun to set up the whole um, program to dream up ideas like this. Yeah, 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 and to uh, think outside of the box and to um, and to see things happening. Now, you mentioned that you get to you know from time to time talk to people about spiritual things. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that, you know, typically at a shop front, that's a fairly short conversation. Do you ever get a chance to have longer conversations with people just as a just as a shop front contact? 
Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm thinking of, I may not mention names just for privacy's sake, but um, no, there's some really, really cool um, connections that we have. One guy who's been coming quite regularly and, you know, when I'm in the juice bar, I'm there on a Wednesday um, just volunteering at the front. But, um, you know, I have my Bible there and in a, in a smaller moment, I just open it up and I'm studying something. And so when he comes in, he sees that and he always asks me, oh, so what are you studying today? And I'll give him a little rap about whatever it was that I was um, studying. And, um, you know, slowly he's been asking more and more questions about, oh, so I, how does this connect to that? And so it started off as shorter conversations, but now he'll sit for quite a while and we'll talk about how different things connect. And I actually had um, the opportunity to go and I got him a copy of a uh, Bible and I just wrote in a little Bible study and so I gave that to him and he comes in and asks questions about it. So yeah, it they often start as small conversations and they turn into longer conversations, which is such a blessing. Ever had somebody who's come to the juice shop and then turned up at church? Absolutely. We have, we have a bunch of people who are um, come just to get a juice and then they end up coming to church on the weekend. Um, we have uh, another lovely couple who actually the juice bar hadn't even opened yet when, now that I think about it, but we were doing our tester day. So we were like testing out what juices, what smoothies are going to make it onto the menu. And they just happened to walk past and they were looking in, oh, what's going on here? So the manager at the time, he ran out to, to chat to them, got their contact details, and you know what? Now they're baptized members of our church. That's fantastic. That's amazing. What a great testimony right there. And, and that's really what it's all about. It's it's about getting out there in the community and finding uh, opportunities and ways of being able to meet with people. And I think that um, you know, food is one of the best ways that you can connect with people. Oh, 100%. Particularly when it's, uh, particularly when it's good tasting food. How did you guys go during COVID? Oh, that is a very interesting question. Um, by God's grace, we actually, we didn't have to close down during COVID. So you don't have a seated area, do No, you? we don't You're have just a... just like a shop front, just a front with people walking past. Exactly. So being a takeaway, I mean, we still had to put measures in place, you know, stickers yeah, on the ground, the, yep, um, hand sanitizer, all that sort of stuff. But even the op shop being um, like... Being small, we just had to put in a lot of regulations about how many people were allowed in the store. But both were able to stay open. And I think that um, was actually, it was really good for us because everywhere else on the main street, you know, is having to shut down and um, put up signs about when when they might be back. But we're able to stay open that whole time. So anyone walking through the main street immediately saw us and was able to come and have a chat. Any so. of your competitors get upset? Um, look, yeah, maybe, but <laughs> but we have really good connections with the businesses in Raymond Terrace too, so oh, it wasn't it wasn't too hard. That's fantastic. Um, if I was to come to your juice shop and ask for your healthiest drink, which would you be your healthiest drink? Ooh. I mean, we do tell people that all of them are healthy, but I'd have to promote the redemption. It's and if I was to pick your yummiest one. Again, that's maybe subject to opinion, but um, I I really am a sucker for the pineapple promise. It is mm. really, it's just really sweet and tropical. It's delicious, yeah. Okay. Now, are they all vegan or vegetarian? They are. They're all, all vegan. Our entire menu is gluten and dairy-free. So, Wow. Um, yeah, that's really amazing to promote to people too. And they come in, oh, what can I get? You know, I can't eat this, I can't eat that. Oh, you can have anything that you like. Everything on the menu. Anything on the menu. That's, that's got to be pretty cool for uh, people with dietary requirements. A hundred percent, yeah. Yeah. And um, with the juice shop being there, and obviously you're promoting good health because you're promoting healthy juices and that kind of stuff, do you have uh, other health programs that operate as well, like um, 
um, during the week? Do we have you, you mentioned that it's one of the highest areas in New South Wales for obesity and smoking and so forth? Does that give you an opportunity to uh, to make connections there with other health programs? Yeah, one hundred percent. So we've actually we're just at the end of running a depression anxiety recovery program, the Dr. Neil Nedley program, um, and that was run out of the um, funds that were made in the op shop. So all of the money that we're earning, we're actually putting it back into the community to run programs like that. So we're able to run that um, depression anxiety recovery program. We saw amazing success with people who just met us through the businesses and were able to promote that. And then also we have plans in the future to run through the juice bar primarily things like a quit smoking program and a healthy cooking classes that will happen probably similarly in the evenings during the week. So Now you've got a... Um You've got a number of staff there that are obviously paid to run the... the uh, I think you're one of the managers, is that right? I am one of the co-managers, yes. So there's two managers, yourself and Joelle Lawrence. And Joelle that- Lawrence, yes, ah, okay. the lady with me. Do you does one of you take the juice shop and one take the op shop or how do you actually manage how do you actually work that? Uh, everyone asks us that. But um, we did have that opportunity but we decided against it because Joelle is very much a she's so organized, she's so admin focused, she just does an amazing job of um, you know, typing up documents. And I'm maybe not so much inclined. I like You're the big customer, picture and big the picture. Um, I love creative arts and all those kind of things. So advertising and stuff. So it actually works very well because because we're in quite different personalities, just both doing both. So um, this is why you're here doing promotion. Yes, and it sure is. Joelle's probably doing back there, filling stuff out on the computer kind of thing. Yes, she is, but she does an amazing job, so it works well. That's a, that's a great team that you've got happening and a great way to um, to be able to divvy things up. Yeah, praise All right, plans for the future. Anything exciting coming up in the future? We've got a new recipe coming out today to celebrate the birthday, but uh, big picture. Uh, yeah. Where would you like to see this thing go? Uh, well, obviously, I'd really um, like to see just uh, more customers coming to know Jesus through it. But we do have um, a couple of new recipes that we're thinking to spread out during next year. So we've been working on those behind the scenes. Um, you know, with the op shop, we'd really like to open up the back warehouse as a space where people can come and study, actually, during the week. So open it up so that um, uh, local schools and things can promote it as a study space, um, which is really exciting. Um, yeah, obviously, like I mentioned, we want to run uh, more programs during the week, and that includes we want to maybe um, promote it to some um, universities as like a gap year opportunity to come and um uh, yeah, work on that or, or even to incorporate it into their studies like some people studying business or perhaps um, studying how business and ministry meet together. All those kinds of things are exciting future prospects. You've got a bunch of, a team of volunteers working for you. How many how many volunteers actually uh, participate in these two, the, the G-Shop Op Shop? Oh, well, that actually, um, yeah, widely fluctuates. But at any given time, we probably have about 10 volunteers Um give or take across the two businesses. Um, we have a group of um, Bible workers who work for, work through the church to do Bible studies, but they also get an opportunity to work in the juice bar and the op shop. And then, of course, we have church members who come in because they're passionate about what's happening there. And um, even other members from the community who just drop in the resume and say, hey, I want to volunteer my time and do something meaningful um, for my community, which is great, amazing. Fantastic stuff, Jasmine Bell. Thank you so much for joining us here. Um, and do remember, of course, that it is the Op Shop Juice Shop birthday today at uh, Raymond Terrace Mission. If you are anywhere in the area, if you are anywhere within an hour's drive, if you are anywhere within two hours' drive, make sure you head over there today and try their 
Water of Life new watermelon special. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.